Hello, everybody. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. You ever gotten a haircut that just didn't feel right, didn't feel safe? Something felt off? I mean, if if a barber can almost ruin a Super Bowl, I guess anything is possible this Sunday. I guess anything's possible the next two hours here on the program, including Norman Locke's not even here. What, did the alarm not go off? Where are you, Norm? Norm typically joins me on Thursdays, and at some point I expect him to uh, to be in studio, but I will also be giving him a very hard time. The show will go on. Good morning, everybody. Happy to have you with me. National Signing Day yesterday. Some winners and losers, according to various websites and writers that cover that kind of thing. I cover who signs, what other websites give star rankings to. I ask questions to the coaches. I admittedly do not follow recruiting 24-7, 365. From what I understand, Alabama had the greatest signing class ever. And you think that the parity in college football, I don't know that anyone's ever thought that. But if you did, obviously you're wrong. The number one recruiting class in, in history by ESPN rankings from a team that just won the national title and went undefeated. It's like Steve Spurrier once said, well, you know, Bottle's a little off in terms of competition. Be like the team wins Super Bowl next year, they get the first, second, third overall pick. Yeah. But it's not pro. It's college, Steve. Luckily, we got one pro game left, even if a barber almost ruined it. Holy cow. I mean, guys. <laughs> I. You're trying to be in a bubble, and now you've got a barber coming over, and he is cutting 20 players' hair on the Chiefs, and then right in the middle of the second guy whose hair he's cutting, he's, oh, wait, no, you got COVID. What? I mean, you talk about coming within a hair of a disaster just days before a Super Bowl. Removed from the facility on Sunday, he was in the middle of cutting Daniel Kilgore's hair, the center. And Mahomes and many others were scheduled to get their hair cut. He had cut Demarcus Robinson's hair the day before. Um, was cutting Kilgore's hair and then tested negative five days in a row and then an additional rapid test, boom, positive. So they're all wearing masks and Kilgore and Robinson can play Sunday but aren't practicing this week. But at this point, guys, the NFL has been adamant no matter what the show will go on. Now they've made it this far. You get to Sunday. If one of the if one of the QBs tests positive, I bet like we probably just won't even know about it. NFL just shh. ain't no way they can say whatever they want. No way they're having the Super Bowl if Brady or Mahomes is just not going to play and not going to be with the team. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Someone asked me the other day about Mahomes. This is the biggest game, huh? I think that's a little uh, early to say. Well, yeah, but it's against Brady. Again, I think it's early to say. Mahomes is, what, 20, 26? Come on. I um, I, I don't, I, I think, I, can, can we just enjoy the moment? 
Mahomes versus the old guy, the generation gap. 18 years and 45 days. 18 years and 45 days. What were you doing at 18 years old? I was a senior in high school. I was a senior in high school. I mean, Tom Brady was 18 years old. He was getting ready to go to the University of Michigan when Patrick Mahomes was born. And now, 26 years later, they're facing off in a Super Bowl, and it's the largest gap between quarterbacks ever to square off in a Super Bowl, and that's no surprise. Every every I love how the NFL and, and, and writers put that out there like, oh, this guy versus Brady, and then they just throw out NFL record that has to do with something mean old. Oh, cool. Good job. Glad, glad, glad you spent a lot of time figuring that one out. As if this is... I mean, how old was Mahomes? When, I mean, Mahomes was like nine years old when Brady won his third Super Bowl. And the guy and, and Mahomes didn't even, I mean, he was nine years old. He liked baseball. Even though his one pitching out in at Texas Tech gave him an infinity ERA, as he put it. It was that bad. But when he was a kid, he was, he, was, he was wanting to play baseball. He was wanting to play basketball. He wasn't even thinking about football when he was that old. He wasn't really watching Tom Brady win his third Super Bowl. 16 years later, he's playing against them. Chiefs going for back-to-back for the first time since. Patriots did it in 0304. Yeah. I I don't... I know that the storylines are... Quarterback, little goat, old goat, whatever you want to call it. But there's more to this game than that. Right? When Mahomes and Eric Fisher start, Eric Fisher, former number one overall pick, offensive lineman, when when, when they're both in the starting lineup for the Chiefs, over the last two seasons, if you want to include the postseason, they are 27-1. If you're looking for an overlooked storyline in this, it's that Eric Fisher isn't playing. He's hurt. What was it, a torn Achilles or torn ACL in the in the AFC Championship game? He's out. And you got a Bucks team that is getting after it. Getting after it. Norm Locke will join us in about five or six minutes. Maybe not in studio. We'll see. Texting me now. Yeah. Showing up late. Thing is, Brady teams in the Super Bowl, from a scoring standpoint, they show up a little late. They're like Norm Locke on a morning show. Nine Super Bowls Brady's played in. Granted, they were all with the Patriots. I get it. But kind of letting the game feel itself out. Maybe you're waiting to get some, you know, tape from, you know, that was that was shot illegally somewhere. I kid, kind of, maybe not. But for whatever reason, in nine Super Bowls, Brady's teams have scored a grand total of three points in the first quarter. Total. Total. 
So if you're looking at Super Bowl prop bets, I would say total points scored in the first half over under is 27 and a half. And I think everybody is going to be pushing the over. I take the under. Take the under with the first half. Take the under with the first half. In any kind of Travis Kelsey prop bet, just take the over. Catches, touchdown, whatever it is. First player to take Travis Kelsey. I mean, they they they, they set up plays for him that you like to run. I don't know, like literally when you're watching the game. Like, hear me out. You're watching the game, let's say, in uh, your man cave, if you want to call it that, in your boy's TV room, and, you know, maybe you're on a giant beanbag or a lazy boy. If somebody has a ball of some kind, you're going to start throwing it around while you're watching the game. Yeah, you're not on the field in pads, getting sore, making millions of dollars. No, you're spending money eating wings, drinking beer, but you're tossing the ball around like, you just can't help it. You're sitting in a room with your guy, and maybe you're not doing that. If you do do it this year, you know, be careful, right? Keep a little distance. But in a normal year, you're throwing that ball around, but you're not really like, I mean, you're not airing it out. You're kind of throwing it underhand, you're looping it, you're throwing it sideways, you're throwing it all these weird ways. And they pull stuff off where Mahomes is just kind of shoveling the pass. Not a typical shovel pass, just. I mean, the release, he has the ball so low with his arm. Like, at the point of release, it's, like, down by his knee. It's like, wait, was that just a throw? Wait, who got the ball? Wait, it's Kelsey? Wait, he's in the end zone? Did I even see that right? It was third and goal from the one. Oh, he's in. Oh, now he's spiking it. Okay. ESPN1420.com. lot to get into this morning. Signing day yesterday for the Cajuns, they signed 12. A lot of running backs in the class, guys. A lot of running backs. You add 12 to the signing class, and, you know, you you also had, if you want to look at the early signing period, you got 23 total, six different states, 13 of them coming from Louisiana, eight position groups, a pretty thick class. Now, there was some confusion yesterday after they got their last official signing in in Montreal Williams, the running back from um, from De La Salle High School in New Orleans that had originally committed to Arizona. There was some confusion. Montreal Johnson, I'm sorry, excuse me. I mean, he's rated as, I think, what, 48th best running back in the country. But there was some confusion after that when the Raja Cajun Twitter account continued to put up diff- newer, you know, different players saying welcome to the culture. But if you noticed, they weren't saying, you know, officially sign. You're, they were looking at, you know, most likely some preferred walk-ons and, and, and players like that who, as Coach Napier said yesterday, you know, we've got a, a lot of walk-ons that have earned scholarships that have been part of this team. We want to have a team where you look at this team and you can't tell who's a walk-on and who's a scholarship player. Point is, you can be a walk-on. If you can play, you're going to end up playing. But – the class as a whole, a lot of running backs. And similar to you had wide receivers, a lot of open spots there because 
Jamarcus Bradley and Bam Jackson had graduated, and then you had other guys that got hurt. With Look, Chris Smith is the guy. I know they're going to have competition, and Imani Bailey and TJ Wisham still there. Chris Smith is the guy. But who's going to be that number two guy? We're number three. This is a team that likes to use three running backs. They've done it very at a very high level successfully the last several years. And now with Raymond Kale in the pros this past year, Trey Regis and Elijah Mitchell, undoubtedly Elijah Mitchell, going to be in the NFL next year. Between Montrell Johnson, who I mentioned, and uh, Draylon Washington, running back out of Hemp Hill, Texas, and Kendra Williams from right here in Karen Crow. What a player, man. What a player. Stud. You saw him in that, you know. This is a guy who's a state champion wrestler in high school as well. And then on top of that, you you, you, you got to transfer. Um from Texas A&M. You can read all about it over at ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Again, Jacob Jacob Kibode? Let me make sure I'm saying it right. Jacob Kibode. And this guy's been at A&M, native of Baton Rouge, played three seasons at A&M. So he comes to the Cajuns with a good bit of experience and um, just a host of running backs. That are now in the program. But I, I say it every year, so I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't. You can look at a star system and what websites give it, and you can get excited, but the reality is you look at a star system three, four years down the road. What star rating truly did they have in college? For those that get into it, from a star standpoint, there has never been a Cajun signing day that had that many. I mean, every single guy they signed yesterday per per two four seven sports is uh, star rating system. We're all three stars or better. That's really good. You know, you had a four star in Lance Lejean who was transfer from Maryland, who's from New Orleans, but quite a. I mean, quite an impressive list there. Following LSU as well yesterday in their signing day, and I know you know from folks that, that that I know well and guys that cover the team who I texted said what gives. They said not not a great day in terms of what could have been. Look, LSU still according to most of the websites top five, but they missed out on Logan Diggs, who was a running back in the state that ended up going to Notre Dame. They missed out on Dante Balfour, a DB who went to North Carolina. They only signed two players yesterday, and they opened the day thinking, man, we're going to sign probably five guys. And they had a lot of players in the early signing period, don't get me wrong. But in talking to and hearing from and following guys like Brody Miller and others that cover the program, I said, you know, it wasn't probably the leanest national signing day that they can remember. On a personal note, I'm glad it's it's done and behind us. Signing day is uh, – I'm happy for the kids on signing day that signed the deals. I'll put it that way. Coming up over the next two hours, Norm will join us in studio in a little bit. 
answering some questions about the Saints quarterback position, some audio from Sean Payton yesterday, some things he said in regards to Jameis Winston, Super Bowl prop bets, the Pelicans, Zion Williamson playing his best game as a pro last night. He was he was absolutely fantastic because it wasn't just on offense, it was on defense. All those film study sessions, the private film study sessions with Van Gundy, Zion Williamson, and Brandon Ingram, perhaps they're starting to pay off. Because a week and a half ago when they got punked by the Timberwolves G League team, that was about as low as you can get. And they really, really put the time in in the film room, and that's good. As Van Gundy said, our culture is going to be what Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram decide it's going to be. But we're going to break that down more as well. Might get into some Cajun hoops as well, LSU hoops. They fell last night to Alabama. But more important than all of that, guys, more important than all of that is coming together for a cause that is as pure and noble as any. There is nothing more callous, there is nothing more cruel in this world than childhood cancer. Cancer in general. It is it it it's awful. I hate it. And the innocence of a child and seeing what children go through when they have it. And you hear us running plenty of PSAs and things like that for St. Jude. Because why wouldn't you? Your support, our support of St. Jude, it can't stop. It won't stop. The doctors and researchers won't stop. And together with St. Jude, ESPN 1420, and all of you, we cannot stop fighting until no child dies from cancer. We have to fight this fight all the time. You can become a monthly donor now. And if you do, you get a pretty sweet St. Jude t-shirt. But more important than anything, you help fight childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope right now, guys. Call 1-800-372-4999. That's 1-800-372-4999. For those who don't want to call, you just want to text. Text the word LIVE, L-I-V-E. Text the word LIVE to the number 6262. Six, two. And become a partner in hope today. Our St. Jude Radiothon across Town Square Media is today and tomorrow. Our title sponsor is Acadiana Automotive Group, celebrating 30 years under the big red American flag across from the Lafayette Airport. And uh, Lamar Advertising in Lafayette. Thank you for the St. Jude billboards. They are the angel of the hour. Make a difference, guys. It doesn't cost much at all. But what you can put fruit from there could help spare a child so a family doesn't have to go through the cost of losing a loved one. 1-800-372-4999. Call the number now. 1-800-372-4999 to become a partner in hope. You can text the word... Live, L-I-V-E, to the number 6262.
We won't stop. We won't stop. We'll be right back after this. Biggest questions for the Saints quarterback position next year. And should anyone be surprised at what Sean Payton did yesterday? Why? No. Despite the fact there's like, what is he doing? Why is he saying it? Don't be surprised. There's nothing about what he said in regards to Jameis Winston yesterday that should be a surprise. And there's really nothing against it that's going to change the market whatsoever. In fact, if anything, he's maybe trying to alter the market a little bit. I'll explain next. Norman Locke will be in studio as well. It's ESPN 1420, ESPN 14. into the great Scott show from the storm team three weather lab and Daniel Phillips, your forecast today, cloudy 30% chance of showers high of 70 tonight, cloudy 80% chance of rain, um, low of 46 email uh, during the break from James. You can email me guys, Scott at ESPN 1420.com. Phone lines are open at two, six, nine, 10, 77. If you want to get on the show, and you can um, email me, Scott at ESPN1420.com, or tweet us at ESPN1420 as the handle. Got an email from James during the break. Said, Scott, were there any surprises in the signing day class for UL? James, like I said, I'll be honest, I don't follow recruiting 24-7. I will say this. This is something that every college football coach should do. And I think, I think many do. But back... Back during, I guess it was, uh, talked to Coach Napier, and Billy was on yesterday, Rich Cajun, a football coach, but I remember him talking to the media back in December after the early signing day, period, and talking to him that week in, in regards to transfers. You know, I mentioned Jacob Kibode running back from Texas A&M or uh, Matthew Anderson, uh, offensive lineman from Nebraska. That one was expected, as was the Lance LeJean, the quarterback from Maryland. Um, but yesterday, T.J. Fialoa, a senior uh, offensive lineman, a guard who was really good at ULM, transfer portal and, and coming to the Cajuns for his last year. There are a lot of transfers here. Now, you know, feel a little different being from ULM, but you look at Anderson, you look at LeJean, you look at um, – at Kibode, and all of these guys coming from P5 schools. And Coach Dabier said back in December, look, we, we love to start something here where for a lot of guys that we recruit and go after, if they end up going and signing with, say, I don't think he used the exact phrase P5, but let's say that that's essentially what he meant. You know, with a, with a, with a P5 school and things aren't going the way that they had planned or they had hoped for, that they – when they think about transferring, we're the first place they think about coming to. Yeah. Smart. Good move. 
You build the relationship in recruiting. You build a strong one that's strong enough to where even if they don't go to your school, doesn't mean or sign with your school at the end of the process doesn't mean that at some point they don't end up at your school. And no, you don't encourage them, hey, leave where you're going no matter what. Of course not. But there are more transfers now than there have ever been. Transfer portal was as hot as it's been. I think getting a guy like George Jackson is big too. I mean, the guy had, you know, I was being recruited by Bama and Florida and an offer from Florida and the offensive lineman side with the Cajuns. That's that's big right there. Anyway, but I appreciate I appreciate the um appreciate the email. James. James, not to be confused with J Miss, who was trending yesterday when Sean Payton said this to Good Morning Football on the NFL network. Um, let's assume for a second, not let's assume Drew Brees is walking away. He doesn't come back. What is the plan at quarterback going forward? And this is the game. You cannot use the words or the phrases take some time, assess, evaluate, or I don't know. Yeah, look, that's <clears throat> that's easy. Uh, we had a great exposure uh, for one year with Jameis Winston. And, uh, you know, we didn't have a normal offseason, but, you know, we had enough time to see what we had with him as a player, as a leader, uh, as an athlete. Uh, I, I, I really like what we had a chance to see. He was a tremendous leader for this team. And, and that's hard to do when you come in new in free agency your first year uh, as a backup quarterback. Um, so that'll be you know an important check mark for us. Uh, and you know a lot of times you want to hold your cards closer to the vest and and he is he is a free agent. but uh, him along with Taysom Hill who's in the building, uh, we've said it all along you know we're, we're not gonna we're gonna develop and coach those guys and Jameis is one of those guys that we have a, a big interest in. All right, so Sean says you normally you'd want to play your cards closer to the vest. If you've been following Sean Payton in the last 15-plus years in his time with the Saints, you know when it comes to things he says, especially in a national interview, you know that there is nothing that is not calculated, okay? He knew they're going to ask me about quarterback. He knew exactly what he was going to say, and he is doing it for a variety of reasons. So this notion of, oh, no, it's it's a bad move. What is he doing? Jameis is a free agent. He's building them up. Other No, no. If another team is interested in making Jameis an offer, Nothing that Sean said yesterday is going to change that. It's not going to drive up their price. They're going to make the offer. They know what the Saints cap situation is. This is more of Peyton publicly saying things about Jameis that he's likely told him in the building, and he feels like if he does it publicly, perhaps it just doubles down for Jameis. Perhaps Jameis believes even more, okay, all right, you are going to start me. I mean, last year, Sean said a bunch of stuff publicly about Taysom Hill when he was a restricted free agent, and a lot of us were like, God, no, nah, no. Nah. And then what did they do? Sign him to a two-year deal. 
He said he would start him in games, and he wanted to. Nah, he's not going to do that. He did. This is calculated by Sean Payton. It's not going to affect the market. If Jameis wants to get more money, he'll likely have an opportunity. If he wants to get good money, not great money, but start for the Saints, that option will be there. But there was nothing yesterday about what Sean Payton said, in my mind, that wasn't calculated, that was um, that that wasn't expected. We're going to hear it one more time, and then Norm Locke's mic will be on since he finally go up. What is the plan at quarterback going forward? And this is the game. You cannot use the words or the phrases, take some time, assess, evaluate, or I don't know. Yeah, look, that's <clears throat> that's easy. Uh, we had a great exposure uh, for one year with Jameis Winston. And, uh, you know, we didn't have a normal offseason, but, you know, we had enough time to see what we had with him as a player, as a leader, uh, as an athlete. Uh, I, I, I really like what we had a chance to see. He was a tremendous leader for this team. And, and that's hard to do when you come in new in free agency your first year uh, as a backup quarterback. Um, so that'll be you know an important check mark for us. Uh, and you know a lot of times you want to hold your cards closer to the vest and and he is he is a free agent. but uh, him along with Taysom Hill, who's in the building, uh, we've said it all along, you know we're we're not gonna we're gonna develop and coach those guys. and Jameis is one of those guys that we have a, a big interest in. Norman Locke is finally here. Yes, I am. Fresh off the private jet. Is that what you call that 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 vehicle? It's the PG. Um Sean Payton's comments yesterday. And 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 for the record, he went on a number of different national media platforms mm-hmm. and didn't use the exact same phrasing, but gave the same message to all of them. And like you said, he is outwardly trying to recruit Jameis to come back because he know he can't afford to give him what any other team can give him. So he's giving him some pats on the back, give him some kind words, probably offered him to buy him a drink, a daiquiri later on, probably all kind of things. But Crab legs. <clears throat> I took from Sean Payton's um, media run and Cam Jordan's media run because he went on a bunch of different shows. Why isn't the talk about having the quarterback franchise of the future already on the team? What? Where's that talk? Where's the talk of, well, we got some films. We got some really good film on Taysom. And I think we have some things to build on. I don't hear any of that anymore. I don't hear even a peep about Taysom Hill getting the nod to start or getting the nod to compete for the starting job. I haven't heard a peep about it. I just feel like it's too quiet. Why Why are you acting surprised? I'm acting surprised because last season, I just heard listeners, fans, analysts, journalists, writers. I just heard everybody tell me, Norm, you're going too hard on Taysom Hill. You're, going, you're, you're too harsh. Give him a chance. Give him another game. Give him another game. Get some more film. Now we got the same amount of film that he probably had in college. He played eight years of college. We don't, we don't have the same amount of film. You have more <laughs> film. Same amount of film. You have four NFL games in a Saints offense. 
That's different. Don't even lie. That's it, it, different. Okay, it That's might be different. different for it's different. It might be different for the other people. It wasn't different for me because in those four games, I saw everything that I saw in the five years at BYU. No, you didn't. I, I did. No, you didn't. I, okay, this all, you, is, all you do is watch YouTube clips of BYU. That's all you do. What do you think recruiters do? I, I'm telling you, you watch you, you think, watch you, you watch YouTube clips do? of him in his <clears throat> early 20s versus four NFL games starting against NFL competition. He wasn't in his early. He wasn't in his early 20s. At BYU? He wasn't in his early 20s. He did the mission. He was in his early 20s. He was, he, he, I mean, he was like 24 when he left, right? Mm, his first, I mean, he didn't play much. He was there for five years. But I would say he was there from his early to mid-20s. So if you want to say one of those years, he wasn't. Okay. Okay. Um, or 23, right? He was 23 his last year there. I mean, that's early 20s. I don't know, Scott. I, I just know I went back and I looked and I saw everything on film that I saw during the season. I'm just like, what What did I miss? What did y'all miss? Because I see the same quality. Well, why Why are Why are the Taysom Hill? No I'm, one. No one gets more rent-free time in Norman's head than Taysom Hill. You are obsessed with him. Because you bring I, him up all the to, time. I want to hear. The thing I want to hear was, is, Norm, you were right about Taysom Hill. And there's been a few people that call in and chime in and say it. There's been a few people to say, you but know you, what, you act, you act like every single person didn't have the same opinion as you when most of us all said, yeah, the guy probably is not a viable starter. No, that's, it's not, that's not true. That that's is not true. true. In, the, in the time when true. everything's going on, everybody kept sugarcoating it. No, Norm. It's it, he, he's he's a great player. He can play multiple positions, Norm. He's earned it. It was everything, but he can. He, he can isn't a good quarterback. I kept saying he isn't a good quarterback. He's not Steve Young. He's not a franchise person. Well, yeah. He can't throw the football. Everybody's like, but Norm, he he can he can do this. He can. I'm like, bro, I'm not talking about that. He's not a good quarterback. So now, fast forward, much later, end of the season, there's no talk of it. So I got to bring it back up, like, oh. I remember when y'all said... You bring it back up because you generalize that you think everyone disagree with you. When I think most... You're acting like 95% of people are like, he's going to be a great... He's the future Steve would, Young. And I that's not true. I wouldn't say 95. I say... That's not true. I say You literally said the word everyone. That's what you said. I say most. Mo, okay, most. most. So most people you think had a different take. And I, I think yeah. you're wrong. I think if you go on social media and you throw out a hook to... Rabbit Saints fans who have no rationale. That wasn't yes, a hook, though. They're gonna they're gonna bite every I time. A lot of hooks. They're gonna bite every time. To say that the majority of folks looked at James at Taysom Hill and said this guy will one hundred percent be the now he might have to start next year, but that's a different story. We've talked about why he might end up being the starter uh, game one, but to act like everyone thought this guy was gonna be Steve Young as as Sean Payton put, I'm gonna which do we my homework. Was not, I'm gonna do my homework for the next thirty. Up national news, local media. I'm gonna bring up. You're I'm gonna so compile because I gotta show Hill? you and prove to you that it was at least like 65 percent of active you're gonna, people. You're gonna you're gonna pull up. I gotta, everything. There's I gotta no do a way SWAT to do that. analysis. No. Oh no, Twitter keeps everything. So you want so so all of Twitter follows you? No, it, I mean it keeps everything as in it's dated. I can go and I can search. And you can you find wanted. some people that thought he was the sixty-five percent. No, what you'll find is a lot of people that said he's probably not the guy. No, but I can't prove it yet. No, no, that's not how it, that's not how it was verbalized. No, it wasn't. Nope. I want. I want. Uh, cap. I wish I was over there. I hit the button. Cap. You know what that means? No, it's just lying. It's a new, a new word for lying. You're good at that. <laughs> You're good at that. You're obsessed with him. I'm just obsessed, obsessed with, with proving. 
that so you at least you at least admit that you're obsessed with them. I'm obsessed with proving that you're I was right. I'm just waiting for the day. The day, sixty five percent of those people come up and be like, "No, you know what, Norman? You've been going hard. You got a vendetta. You're trying to prove yourself. You were right." If it's sixty five percent, as you put it, I doubt any of those. I mean, maybe if maybe one or two of them know who you are. So why are, why are, why are they going to come up and be like, Norm? Listen, man. There's a lot of people that don't know who I am. Listen, Norm, you were right, and I was wrong about this thing that you're obsessed with. I feel like if I talk about it enough. How many times have you said that phrase to someone else? Just yesterday. So it's fresh. You have said you were right and I was wrong about oh, this. Oh, you mean that phrase? Yeah, oh, that yeah. phrase. And you're expecting folks to say that to you? Maybe like every two days. <laughs> no, to, 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 to your mom or girlfriend? Yeah. Okay. To anybody else? <laughs> Is it something yeah. related to no. sports? Yes, because I I predicted that the Pelicans would beat the Kings. And then when they okay, came that's, back, that's, lost, that's like, with respect. The regular season game is just that's not the same thing as Saints' future quarterback. That is a big topic. Hey, all I know is who's starting next year, Week One. Take some hill. <laughs> and it's gonna be funny. And when he starts, and I and I'm like Scott, I mean, I'm waiting on you to tell me. No, no, I told you so. Winning some games. I never said I thought this guy was a future quarterback. I know you didn't. I never said that. You're not part of 65. But I don't think he's as trash as you are. I just don't think at he's. At quarterback or as a player or as a person? No, no. Because that's three different things. Well, that's three different as, things. As, he's probably as, a beautiful as person. A, as a quarterback, as a starting quarterback, he is below average. I don't think he's trash as you put it. He did go three and one. What's the difference between below average and trash for a starting quarterback? Below average is a guy that, that if you need. To, to come in and play for a stretch of games and win some games, he can do it. So can you give me a comparable? Trash is... Give me two comparables. I, I, uh, give me two comparables. I got. I need it. I need this guy. I need two comparables. Give me, give me someone that came in off of a bench recently. No, 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 no. You got to give it to me. I, I'm s- giving you an example of what that is. What's your standard, though? My standard your... is someone that can come in. He okay. did it. I mean, he did it last year. That can come in for a stretch of games, mm-hmm. not a ton, mm-hmm. and you know, can win you a couple games. Case Keenum. That's not below average to me. That's he's below average. That's not. I mean, he he now is, trash is. You put him in the game and you're losing every time. Blaine Gabbert or Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Yes. Yeah. I I, I, don't, I don't. Dude, you at do, quarterback Blaine Gabbert. Yes. Yes. Has thrown more passes, more touchdowns. Blaine Gabbert couldn't beat out Ryan Griffin as the to be the backup in Tampa this year. No, he is the backup. Ryan Griffin is the primary backup. It's, it's, it's Blake Borders right now. Lane Gabbard is Blaine nine Gabbard. and thirty-one in his career as a mm. starter. He's garbage. Not, he's garbage. He's garbage. He's that Blaine Gabbard is trash. Case Keenum is below average. How many touchdowns Case Keenum have? I have no idea. I know he's played a lot more than four games. Mm. Now, football player, other stuff. Well, I'm Taysom, say, Taysom's really good. Taysom, Joe Montana, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, Teddy. You know, what I'm saying like Joe same Montana, per, same person. Like that's just that's just how I see. How you mean see Steve it. Young? Same person. No, it's the lineage. No, no. Steve Young, Joe Montana, Drew Brees, Taysom Hill. He is below average. Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. It's He's the below lineage. average quarterback. But I don't 
spend my nights with that guy in my head the way you do. You need you at this point you ought to just invest in a Taysom jersey. I mean you've given you've given that is much it, time and effort already into him. Is it reusable toilet paper? Like could I wash it? Could I use it like kind of You can like use a, it however you want. I mean yeah, I get you as obsessed as you are with him, you probably would do some really weird stuff with that jersey. Not truly. I will wear the jersey and, and show people like, you know, if you understand players in high school, be an athlete. Because you could get on the field. You're below average quarterback to Scott Standard. Below average. You're below average quarterback to Scott Standard. You are you are at best a backup quarterback. To Scott Standard. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm gonna put it to Scott Standard because I'll be he didn't give he didn't even get drafted. So he, like I said, uh to Scott neither, Standard. Neither did Tony Romo. What does that have to do with uh, at the quarterback position? But go pull up their college stats and we'll see why one had a better career than the other at, at the quarterback position. What is what is getting drafted or not getting drafted have to do with anything? The quarterback position because they people draft you on your skill set and what you did in college and your production. Yeah, like Blaine Gabbert went in the first round and you think he's a average quarterback. I think he's better than <laughs> Taysom Hill. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> and throwing the football. Blaine, I, Blaine, sure. Blaine Gabbert is horrific. For sure. The horrific Saints could win more games in a 16-game season with Blaine God, Gabbert God, no. than Taysom Hill. No. Blaine Gabbert. First of all, you're not winning – a. You're not getting a winning record. You're winning with, more. You're not getting a winning record with either of those guys. You're winning. I, I don't disagree with you. But you're winning more, big boys. I don't know about that, man. But why are we arguing over Blaine Gabbard or Taysom Hill? Because you're, Trump, obs- because Sean you're Payton, obsessed Sean with Sean Payton can't, just went on Good Morning America and just not big up the guy, his quarterback, not Steve Young. He did mention Taysom Hill. A little bit. He did. A little bit. He did bring him up. You put a little parsley on top of your food. All, you know, all, 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 all it is is a calculated play by Peyton. Try to work the room. I know he talked the about the trade bait of Taysom Hill. You know, if I, oh yeah, you know, if thir- all thirty one franchises want Taysom on the team. <laughs> boy, Sean, boy. Ooh, ooh, don't 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 go buy a car from Sean Payton. <laughs> Ah. That guy was on the Cowboys. You'd love him, not as a quarterback, as the as a punt gunner, as the as as, as, as the punt gunner. You would, you'd probably, you probably love him. I probably, I mean, I probably wouldn't know he is because he wouldn't be playing quarterback for us. I know that you don't know players on the Cowboys other than the quarterback. God, what I kind of fan are you? I can't I name you. you knew the, that team. I can't name you the punt gunner. I'm sorry. Can't can't name a lot of guys. I can't, I can't name I can't name the point gunner. <laughs> I can't name the long snapper. Sean Payton said, uh, "Who finished? Who finished on Dallas second in touchdowns last year? In what type of touchdowns? Scoring touchdowns. Um, man, I thought you liked the Cowboys. It'll be Norm I, claims to be a Cowboys fan and knew about nothing it. about Barry Switzer. I just want to remind folks of that. But I mean, folks are on to you, Norm. I can't I can't take a second to think. Oh, oh, but this is your team. I mean, it's easy when the Saints have a one-dimensional offense. I can I can easily just throw out there, ah, oh, uh, Alvin Kamar. And answer for I mean, it's Alvin Kamar, uh, Michael Thomas, for the last Thomas, four years. Thomas didn't score a touchdown for the. Oh, I know because Dak Prescott had more receiving touchdowns than he Michael Thomas. He didn't have he didn't have a single touchdown last year. He was hurt. I know Michael Tom Dak Prescott had more receiving touchdowns in less games than Michael Thomas. So I I do know that stat. But I was saying. For the last four years, it's been an easy answer for the Saints. I'm sorry, I, just, I can't recall. I just hear, I just, all I hear is excuses. The Cowboys. All I hear is excuses. That's all I hear. I'm sorry. Hayes Mill had nine touchdowns last year. Yeah. How many fumbles? Shoot, too many. 
<laughs> way too many. Let's not lie about that. He played running back? Play he, sometimes. No, does he primarily play running back? He primarily plays different positions. I don't know if there's a single position he plays prior. In it's fact, crazy. if you he he pro, he, the, the role he has more than any other is running the f- with with he has more fumbles per carry than other NFL running backs. Yep. Man, that's your guy, bro. <laughs> no, hey, no, 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 my no, guy. no. It's your guy, bro. Hey, my, why is he my yeah. guy? Because I'm not obsessed with him and like think about him 24 seven like you. No, 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 no. It's your guy. I feel like because um, you're a little, little closer to him than I am. Closer to him. What does mm-hmm. that mean? You're a little closer to him. In what way? You want to see. I wouldn't say you want to see the Saints succeed. So in order for the Saints to succeed, he has to be the best version of himself. I just don't have the same. That's true of any player on anyone's team that they root for. Right, and I don't root for him, so that's why I say he's a little closer to you than me. Oh, you mean because I like the Saints? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm somehow not objective about him? I didn't say that. I am more objective about the Saints than you are about the Saints. That's not true. Facts. I give the people Facts. what they don't no, want to hear, no, Scott. No, 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 no. I no. give the people what they don't want to hear. No, 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 no. You've heard me come on the day after the Saints play like garbage. And you give them the the, the baseline what they want. No, to hear. no. You give I, them. You I, give I, them I, I give them. The, I give them the truth. I you, give them the truth. But you let them down easy. You come there. So, so what? <laughs> so what? My point is you're sitting there talking about I can't wait till they lose in the play. You do that for like a year straight. I can't wait till they lose so I can do this and that. That's somebody that's just. Just play a long game. Doesn't the troll live under the bridge and wait for you to cross, Scott? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a troll, like I said. The troll lives under the bridge and he waits for you to cross. He doesn't go and find you. He doesn't he doesn't leave what from kind under of, the what bridge. What kind of troll? You mean like in the like like Yeah, like a real troll. The fairy tale sense? Yes. <laughs> yes. What's your favorite fairy tale, Norm? I don't have one. I know, I know yours is the Rougarou. Rougarou. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Will the score ever be tied Sunday other than when it's 0-0? Yes, it's going to be 7-7. Seven, seven. Okay. That's a prop. That's a prop, oh, prop bet. That's a prop bet. Mm. Which team will commit the first penalty? The Bucks. The first accepted penalty. The Bucks. See that's that that's a hard prop bet because it depends on who get the ball first. How Don't many receiving one, yards will Rob Gronkowski have over under twenty eight and a half? Over. That's a catch. That's two catches. Nice. Two catches. That boy, I can run faster than Rob right now. Yes, you wasn't can. it funny that Bruce Arians lauded Gronk's work ethic like. <laughs> When he when he got to like the, the the team just before the season, this guy's worked nonstop. Even when he hadn't been around us, and Gronk just said this week, "Yeah, they wanted me to send him a bunch of video of me running every day, so I just went and filmed it all in one day in different colored shirts, and then would send him a different one every two days." I feel like he's the smartest college guy that's not in college no more. Like I just feel like Rob just he just. I don't know. It's just like he's walk. He's just like I don't know. It's like a first of all, frank guy. Like, like Bruce, you 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 <clears throat> you would not be a good PI. The first first Rob Gronkowski would never be running with a shirt on. Like that should have yeah. been the first red flag. Like wait a minute. Like 
That's that's all he had to do to fool you was just wear a different colored shirt. And run the opposite direction. Yeah, like, <laughs> we're just going to film it all at once, and then I'm not going to run again. Guy looks like he doesn't run much. Oh, no. Oh, no. He Yeah, uh, he's on his, his Jason Witten part of his career. Dude, I'm going to go five yards and turn around. Who was <laughs> – so, Witten uh, – first of all, Witten was, was, was very slow at the end. I actually think Witten moved faster – than Gates and Gronkowski and like Gates's last no, season. No, Gates's last season. That guy, that guy was moving at like because he was like three hundred pounds. <laughs> right now, look, these are all time. These are some of the best tight ends ever. But at some point, it's like what? No, just, just, I'm going really disagree with Jason Witten. If you go look up right now. How many yards per catch he's had in the last three years? Well, first of all, one of those years he wasn't playing, so it was zero. He played. He played two last two years, and then three years ago he was in the booth getting ripped by everyone who watched Monday Night Football. Yeah. So if you three seasons, <laughs> me and you probably average more yards per catch, especially run after the catch. This thing, like all time great tight ends that play a long time. I, I think back in the day, not having the speed, you could, you could mask it. You could get away with it. Now, with today's NFL, with every player being as fast as they are, it's like, you better, look, if you can catch and block, you'll get out there. But in terms of being like an elite playmaker, like Travis Kelsey is, I I mean, he, that guy, is he the best tight end ever, the way he's playing right now? Ever? I mean, he's trending that way, Norm. Only if he has, I'll give him this, if he has, one more season, I'll say, because he's 30, he's either he's 30 or he's 31. I'll say if he has one more season, like the season he had this year. 31. If he has one more season, because I, I think he probably retires at 34, 34-ish. I mean, that's just the wall we've been seeing at, at the tight ends. It's it's basically, will he hit the wall soon? Oh. Or, or Because if because when when you hit it, man. It, oh, you hit it hard. So uh, I'm gonna say he got he has three more seasons. What's crazy, dude? I'm One sorry, more elite. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. This I just I just came across this. He is older than Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, he played with Alex Smith. I, I remember like, by like five months, but still he's older than him. And yeah. Gronkowski's out there, and he looks like he's like dragging a, a a dead body behind him when he runs, or like he's got a, he's dragging a canoe. And I, you know. There have been rumors of why Gronk's body has broken down like the way it is. Also, it's gotten hell beat out of him on the field. You know what I'm saying? So they got those speculations, and then, like you said, the injuries of of Tuggy because Gronk was never a speedster. Like he's breaking tackles. Kelsey's good at avoiding contact. Gronk, I mean, talk about getting hit. Give me, give me a beer and a and a concussion. That's 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 Gronk concussion. (laughs) (laughs) But one helps the other. You'd rather have one than the other, but one helps the other. I can tell you that much. So that's that's Robbo's game better. plan. Like, Tom, I'm going to run a 10-yard out. I'm going to get a little concuss. Just bring him like a little Boatress. <laughs> We're going to win this thing. ESPN1420.com. I'm Scott Fraser. That's Norman Locke. The 8 o'clock hour is right around the corner. Going to dig into some prop bets for the Super Bowl. Uh, some more of them. This game, who wins it, who doesn't. Take a look back at signing day. Pels play their best game of the season by best, far. Best game of the season. By far last so, night. I, you know what? I'm going to say second best. I like that Bucks game. I think the, I'm think i going to put the Bucks number one first. I'm going to tell you why I won't. And it's not really going to make sense, and you're <laughs> going to disagree with me. Don't go anywhere. Great Scott Show continues right after this. 
Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Great Scott Show. Great sports callers, open think tank. Scott Prey at the Norman Lock. Is it, it might sound boring to go with like the, the, the typical answer, but a lot, sometimes the typical answer is the right answer. When you're watching the Super Bowl, I mean, it's about wings, right? Like, that's the go-to food when you're watching the Super Bowl. Wings. Wings and chips. Chips and dip. That's it. Like, I mean, you look, it's all good if you want to do something different. You know, obviously down here in Cajun country, I won't. I'm not going to hate on anybody that wants to make a good gumbo or something or rice and gravy, whatever it might be. The corn McShoe. Who is? What, you, what kind of it's, it's accent Cajun is voice. that? Wait, like, what? Like, like, the corn McShoe, my boy. <laughs> you sound like... <laughs> like a friend of mine who I grew up with whose dad was from Haiti, but so he had like a kind of a French <laughs> accent. Ring me my money. Like what? I mean, I guess shoe my ball. I guess okay, my ball, but the, no, it doesn't. No. It's not the Cajun accent. <laughs> Here's the thing. I was talking to a, a friend of mine a few weeks ago uh, that I used to go to school with. He doesn't live here anymore. He's a screenwriter, but he was talking about like working on something that basically a historical piece from like back in the nineties around this area. I won't, I won't give it away, but, but we started talking about like accents and stuff like that. I'm like, you ever watch a Cajun accent in a movie or a TV show or whatever, everybody that you know in Lafayette's all going to trash it and bury yeah. it. And everyone's like, what the hell is that? But here's the thing. It is impossible for that to not happen. Because whether anyone wants to like believe it or not, there are like ten different accents just in this parish alone. Like you can have a Cajun accent where it's like old school, like Cajun French. I mean, like been doing it a long time. You can have a Cajun accent like, you know, huh, let me tell you right now, boy, my daddy wants his own business. Let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you something. He was his own business. Or you, you know, like. There, you could, you could, you could talk like Mike Bernard. They call him the Bandit. There are, and none of them sound exactly the same. The idea that in film or television, you're gonna have somebody that does it, and then everyone's gonna universally be like, from this area anyway, is gonna be like, oh, that's it. They got it. It's impossible. It's never gonna happen. It's impossible. I, I feel like there's three form. This is me. Uh, again, I'm from New Orleans, but I spent the, I spent ten years. In, can in, I, can I say something real quick before you make your point? In New Orleans, how many different accents are there? From Canada to Metairie to New Orleans, New Orleans East to the one, West Bank? One. That's not true. No, it is. It's one. I'm tell- I, 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 how can you disagree with me? Because it's my one. family's from New Orleans. Yeah, but it's, and they all it's, a lot of them talk different. It's well. Le- <sighs> you think somebody in Chalmet talks like somebody in Kenner, or maybe in Uptown New Orleans? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. Like I've, Uptown I've, New Orleans. One one accent to to me, it's right. one accent. Right. Well, I don't agree with you. Um, now, but I'll let you, I'll let I'll let you have the floor, young Well, because because how I see it is is Lafayette's kind of divided up to uh, let's say if we take Acadiana, Acadiana region, and we divide it up. Yes, you can pinpoint different accents, but I can't pinpoint somebody who lives on Magazine Street and is from Uptown accent versus somebody who lives on Canal Street and is from downtown New Orleans. I can't tell their accent differently, but I now the way they act going to be completely different. But just talking to me, I can't be like, oh, he's from New Iberia or he's from Opelousas while out here. 
I can hear somebody from Can Crow. Oh, nah, that's that Crow mob. I can hear the Can Crow accent versus a new Iberia for sure. Bro Bridge. I I can I can hear a Bro Bridge accent versus a Can Crow accent versus a Gaydon accent, and then you know like you got way like Coach Coach O is probably like. The baseline Cajun accent, like that's the bait. He might be the most famous one just because he's on screen the most. But like Troy Landry at the height of Swamp People from Pierre Part. I mean, like (laughs) he was when that show was like at its peak. But when you know, if you notice when you watch that show back in its heyday, you had different Cajuns from different parts of the state, and they. I mean, the guy junior in that that was uh, somewhere outside of Baton Rouge did not sound like Troy Landry. You know what? And I'm, I'm gonna bring an example. Like, um, the you watch my gritty video. Gritty's from the West Bank. He sounds like anybody else from New Orleans. Uh, you've, you've never hung out with a Shalmation. No, no. Now see, now that's the one that you are 100 percent right. All right. And that's funny that you know that name. And uh, I went to. Dude, I, I lived in New Orleans, and my mother's from there. So I've. I, I didn't live there. Like I didn't grow up there like you. But I've. I've at least been there. Long, I'm not like somebody that just went to Bourbon Street for a week <laughs> and had a great time, and then went home. My mom I w- made me go to a job fair in Shelmet, and the one piece of advice she says, she's like, "Watch out for them Shellmations." And I thought that was the funniest thing ever. Oh, I'm yeah. like, "What's a Shellmation?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, ESPN fourteen twenty and I got two six nine ten seventy seven two six nine one zero seven seven. I'm not sure how we got here, but sometimes we get to places and we just roll with it. Was it was the Carmex shoe, my boy. What is that? What are you doing? <laughs> ESPN fourteen twenty. Hello. Hey, y'all want some crazy action? Y'all go to Branch. Y'all go to Branch and go to Centerville. Centerville and Branch, back there by uh. Centerville back there by four corners all that. You go over there and go to the branch after you leave there. It's just like, I want you to, uh, I'm going to call the radio and I want you to tell me the difference between the accents over there. You're talking about some funky, crazy accents. You're talking about. With with, with respect, like, Ronnie, I don't think I'm ever going to be going to branch or Centerville. I've heard of four corners. Everybody that's skinny, everybody that's skinny sound real, real big. <laughs> All right. Now, see, now you got me intrigued. If I ever have a reason to go, I'm going. If I ever have a reason to go, I'm going. You got good fishing in Four Corner. Yeah. Beat Boys, six foot, 130. Sound like he's about three, four hundred pounds. I'm talking about heavy boys. Pretty heavy, too. But he got some mean people back there and in branch. Woo, man. Crazy funky accent. Scott, don't let Norman trick you on the radio, though. Norman do a lot of tricking since he started. And everything. And yesterday he did some stuff. Yesterday he pulled on the air with Kyrie Irving. I was listening to him very carefully now, Scott. But he's slick with it, so you got to watch him. You got to watch him. He's very slick with it. Norm knows I'm troll proof. He tries, though. He tries. I don't know where you get that sickness from. You he would think he was a Patriots fan all these years, but he, he's, he's very slick, though. He's very <laughs> slick, man. All right. Talk to y'all later. The different accents, man. They're just. It just. I got some but, meat and rice back here. My, see, now you so, – so what you sound like right now is someone that's never been here that's trying to do a Cajun accent in a movie. Got that's some meat and rice like. back here. Go and pull that gumbo over there, rice. <laughs> I got to go get down from the grocery store. All right. Think you already got two Dr. Peppers and a gumbo? <laughs> now, you know what I just said, right? Yes. What did I just say? Got two Dr. Peppers and a gumbo. Right. I was taking an order. Somebody that's never been from around here shows up to a restaurant 
Uh, you got a two tight pebbles and gumbo? Well, they lost. It, wait, what? They lost. But that sounds, you know, it's normal to me. Hey. I shouldn't say it. It sounds, it sounds, it sounds like home to me. I wish I, I, I got a chop. <laughs> I wish I had the, the audio chop. They had um, a listener call in uh, two days ago, and he was going off uh, on about Drew Brees not committing on coming back or saying that he's going to retire, and he had a thick Cajun accent. And I was just, I was, you know, riling him up. Yeah, my boy, because the Cajun accent was so thick. And it was just so funny to see him so angry. And the the thickness of the accent made it, it's funny. It's like, he's just, yeah. You you get you get a Cajun fired up and then. Ooh, get tongue-tied. Oh, man. You know there are some folks you come across, like some people say, like, you sound a little different on the radio. But what they mean when they tell me that is that, when my mic's not on, they think I sound a little more subdued, which that's what, fine. What does that mean? It means me it means I'm louder. Means. It means I'm louder and more active <laughs> on the radio. Okay, you know what I mean? Like like they'll meet me. They'll be, oh well, yeah, I didn't realize that was you. Oh man, you, you're a lot louder on the mic. Yeah, you got to kind of dial it up. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I just but but I guess I guess what I mean, Norm, is they're like you're a lot more relaxed. Is is what they mean? Um, yeah, you just be you just be floating through the room. It's kind of. Yeah, it's just like you know, realize no need, no need to get to no point in the fingers. Hey, it's Scott Prather. Um, <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, but where was I going with this? Oh, so some people you're around them a lot, Norm, and you think they talk a certain way, and mm-hmm. you're like, wait, you you grew up where? Okay, and you're like, all right, you didn't, you sound a little different, and then once they either get mad or once they have a couple of drinks, then their accent from like their roots, it just it comes out and it's boy, it's thick, man. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> I'm gonna say all you gotta do is like they'll like oh yes, night get it's great to meet you, and then all of a sudden after a couple beers, it's like, man, you it, what it is, where did this accent come from? It took me two classes to get my New Orleans because I had a thick, it's got like heavy New Orleans accent, and it took two speech classes. Might need another one, man. I'm just, might need three. <laughs> Took two speech classes to get me to the point I am now. If you could only have heard me like 2010, 2011, you'd be like, am I talking to BG, a Master P right now? Am I talking to Juvie? Y'all need this, <laughs> this old Master P commercial. Oh, Scott, it was crazy. That's why I was just like, when people, like you say, when people are like, Norm, you, that's not how you sounded in high school. Like yeah, I had to get trained not to sound like that anymore. To, to slur my words and, and and enunciate, I had to learn not to do that. Like you say, Cajun people uh, speak fast and it all is jumbled up. But y'all understand, the ones people just slur mm-hmm. every word. It's one word without taking a breath. Mm-hmm. But you hear everything, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. You heard me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you go up to North Louisiana and you're like, who are these people? <laughs> Y'all, y'all talk more like this. All right, more Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> go down there Mon- to Monroe and go get you. <laughs> Gosh, I love when you try to do accents. It's great. It's great. Oh, ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. You know, I lo- I love Chris Smith's accent. Chris Smith, who plays for UL, because it's so Mississippi, but it's like. He have you heard Chris talk or you know I'm what he sounds to, like? To, yeah, I don't think I've heard Chris it's, talk. I, I could listen to him talk all day. I'm not even like and I mean so that it, as a compliment. Is it Mississippi like like 
like like like Forrest Gumpish? No, no, it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like HUD did. It's it's a it's a twang, and he speaks. No, HUD sounded kind of like a country Texas man, though. right? But he was from Mississippi. <laughs> You're right, right. Well, I right. tell you what, man, this team right here will yes. play hard. <laughs> Not gonna let go of the road. Let me let me see. This is an old interview of me talking to him on the phone. Let me see if I can find if I can get just a clip of his voice. But they wanted to make sure it was. For- I like Eli Manning when he was at Ole Miss. I watched him a little bit. Then when he got to <laughs> New York Giants, a little bit, couple Super Bowls. Gotcha. Well, it's a, it's a, that's fair to I'm say, not, right? I'm not afraid of contact. He says play a little defense back in high school. Go get it. Uh, play a little, a little defense, defense back, back in high school. school. You know, I love it. He'll just be like, man, you know, I played at a small high school, and then when Louisiana started recruiting me, I'm like, gosh, just keep talking. You know what I mean? had to put up a double barrel He's, shotgun. Had to put it up. He's the guy now. Oh, and he loves to hunt. He does. He loves to hunt. Had to put the double barrel shotgun outside. And, and, that's that's all right. You finally got an accent right. So he 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 and uh, and of course Elijah Mitchell love to hunt fish. Yeah. Means from Erath. Well, they get Regis. They were like, yeah, we we took him, we took him shooting. You know, we took him skeet shooting. We took him hunting. I was like, how did he do? He's like, he did pretty good. But Regis, you know, he grew up in New Orleans, right? And so you had these two country guys taking him out. But I'm terrified to go hunting. Two run- why? I'm not scared. <laughs> but you don't know why? Well, okay, so I'm terrified of like. A shooting accident. That's fair. And then two, I'm scared of the animals. I'm scared of the animals. I don't know why. I don't know why that part's funny. Like I'm scared of the animals. Like you know, I just feel like the minute I go hunting, that's when the animal that we wasn't hunting is going to show up. I just feel like that's my luck, and we're not going to be in one of the cool fancy uh, tree contraptions that they be shooting out of <laughs> a deer stand. <laughs> that thing. You know what I'm saying? Like. I just feel bad, and that's like I keep the movie the the um, the Wedding Crashers keeps replaying in my mind because it's one of my favorite movies. Where he goes uh, bird hunting, duck hunting, and somebody just screams out "duck left" or something like that, and he gets shot in the butt with the pellets from the shotgun. I just feel like that. Just I don't know. It's my luck. Like I don't know. Man, scared, man, scared of hunting. I yeah, I'm scared of hunting. All right. So Chris Smith now the guy, right? Yeah, in the running back room. Yes, he is. You got Imani Bailey, TJ Wisham. You got a lot of running backs in yesterday's RBU. class. RBU. Talked about yesterday. You got a lot of running backs in yesterday's class. I mean, Terrence Williams played running back at Manny, and he's just being recruited as an athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you've got <clears throat> yeah, 19 touchdowns. Kendrell Williams, who we saw at Karen Crow just just ball. SEC type back. We saw uh, they signed, uh, well, you got a transfer from an a- A&M in Jacob Cabote. You have uh, running back in Montreal Johnson, who was committed to Arizona and then decided day before yesterday, Tuesday night, he's like, I'm committing to UL. Signed yesterday. Jamar Jaloux. That guy, for Jamar Jaloux's a terrific coach. Recruiting. He's, re- he's terrific recruiting his butt off. And the running back room, I mean, you, you, Coach Napier told us yesterday, look, last year receiver was a position where we said some young guys are going to come in and have to make an impact right away. So it's going to be the same this year with running back. Now, maybe one of these guys just does something incredible, but looking at the track record here, like even Chris Smith, his first year, they only played him four games because they wanted to keep the red shirt. But in those four games, you only saw like glimpses, and you're like, this guy. I mean, first of all, he's fast as you know what. He runs violently. He can run over people. Like his, you could just see the makings of he's really good. And then you saw him last year, even with two guys that I think will be playing on Sundays next year, 
be a big part of the offense and was an All-American kick returner as well. I think that um, Chris Smith is number one. They really liked Damani Bailey last year, but I don't know who number two is next year. And I know in that offense what Cook wants to do is they want to use, at the very least on a normal game day, probably three different running backs. Terrell's probably going to be slotted in that too just because he's used to the amount of carries. I think he's going to be that Trey Regis type of back. I think he's going to be able to pound the ball. Bull. <clears throat> I think he's going to be able to just he, – he ran that veer offense with Cancro. You're running on every play. <laughs> like either you're getting the ball or you're blocking. So that's the two characteristics that you know what he did every year. He's getting the ball. Oh, he's blocking. He understands assignments. He understands timing. He's gonna come in, especially behind that Cajun stout offensive line who's returning all their starters. I, I want to say, yeah, returning all their starters. I feel like the Cajuns again a, a cuss for twenty five hundred, three thousand rushing yards again. Easily. If I get to hear Chris Smith talk more, I'm in. <laughs> I love it. Love it. 20 minutes after the hour of 8 o'clock, ESPN 1420. Um, <clears throat> all pro DeMario Davis, Saints linebacker. I, you know, I know I say the word Saints and you want to troll, but you would agree. He's he's good and has the respect of the league in the locker room. Yeah, he has my respect. I, I, I give him his flowers. He was on Good Morning Football a few minutes ago and said, according to Will Selva, and I quote, when asked whether Drew Brees will return, quote, man, I sure hope so. (laughs) I would feel much better if I could guarantee he was, end quote. (laughs) Yesterday, Scott, I said on air that I feel like Drew Brees is coming back. I I hope he doesn't. Let me ask you the question. Let me ask you a question. Do you want your breeze to come back? No. Okay, now that brings me to the second question. If he does come back, how do you feel? Because some of the listeners was, were really upset. They were if, saying, he, if he does come back, I will root like crazy for him. I hope that he'll stay healthy. Okay, I, so will, you, I will legit be worried about his health because you're hearing more and more about how beat the heck up he was. But I just don't think, again, watching him down the stretch – there was a, there was one game late in the season where he came back where it was like, man, he, he might have it. But then you see him in that Tampa game. I said it. He looked like a, an all-time great fighter that was in a boxing match like way too late into their career where you're just like, man, he just doesn't, doesn't have it anymore. Yeah. You know, maybe he can sneak a punch in. Maybe he can somehow try to win this by decision with Moxie, but it's going to be really difficult because physically he just doesn't have it. And so – does that change next year when he comes back? I, I'm sure every offseason story would suggest that he does. And yet I would say, man, one hit and, and you're right back where you were. And then you're not getting a year or two to, to, to check out Jameis or whatever. I I don't I don't, but I don't think he is. So <clears throat> that brings me to the next so, question. So again, what you're asking me, do I want him to come back? No, because I don't think it's the best move. But it but for for me to suddenly say if he does, I'm going to be mad and rude against him. I mean, that's just stupid. Okay. Now, they had some listeners that call in. No, I know that. I know some, that. I think that's That's stupid. why I was surprised. Them. You can be upset, but to actively root against the best player, hands down, in the history of your franchise, that you hear, like, like your boy Tyron Matthew. He said, as a kid in New Orleans, he what Drew Brees did for a lot of us, I mean, just so to, root, to actively root against him, you're just, you're just being dumb. Now, 
that brings to the third and final option. What if Drew wants to come back? And Mickey says, no, it's a business. I love you, Drew, but no. Then we'll probably never hear about it. Mm, he is not okay. He is okay. not about to do the... The Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. He ain't going to play anywhere else. All right. That's, 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 you know I had to throw that in there. No, you know, no, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but do you disagree with any of my points? No. No. I mean, I, no. That again, I can objectively look at this, set emotions aside, and be like, this is... This is the reality of this situation. Now, you know what I said he should do? He should be the Udonis Haslam of the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> Drew should come in and say, you know what? No. Let me be QB number three. Ain't never going to happen. Let me put the suit on on game days, put the headset on, and and, and, and start my tender going in that route. No, no, no. He's not Charlie Batch. Okay? <laughs> this isn't the NBA. And, this, and with respect to Haslam, who I love, this isn't – let me be a bad. He's he not be, Matt. He's not Matt Schaub. Okay, he could be Josh McCown. Get paid sixty thousand dollars just to be on Zoom call. Drew, Drew, Drew will get paid fine. Whatever he does, or, or you know, it's another option I gave you, Breeze. If he probably could, invest in bad diamonds and lose some of it, but he needs to go. <laughs> he needs to go coach at Newman. He just don't, don't come back. Go coach at Newman. You got, you got, you got baby Manny there. You got uh, the sons. You're gonna be start. You know, you're gonna. Push out the head coach. I don't even know who the head coach is at Newman yes. off the top of my head. But if they're That's like, my two scenarios. Drew wants to do it, okay. That's my two new scenarios that Drew Brees, that I recommend for Drew Brees, you know, give he's me my 20% go, on the back gonna end. He's going to go do stuff. He's going he's gonna to do, he's going to be an analyst for Notre Dame games. And then on Sundays, he's going to be on the panel where he has to share the table with an idiot like Chris Sims. The, the, floating, t- the floating heads. And then, and then when Collinsworth's, Sign somewhere else or retire someday, Drew. If he doesn't suck, would slip into that role. There's no guarantee he's going to be graded. And I mean, I, I've talked to some of his former teammates. They feel like he'll be graded announcing. I'm like, there's I no, don't, I don't, I don't. He might be. I have no idea. Like I, people used to say, I think Peyton Manning would be great. And I'm like, do you? Because we we love what, the reason folks loved Peyton Manning that weren't a fan of his team is because. He would go on TV and like you might you might snicker now or whatever. Don't act like back in his heyday you didn't laugh at some of those commercials. Yeah, no, like the paint's funny, but like, like I say, I don't think he can call a game. So, but like that's can... my point. Like we we loved him because for thirty seconds or for one episode of SNL, like like God, this guy. You can't crack jokes for three hours. So, it's scripted, like you know what I'm saying. Like right. Peyton, I don't think Peyton. You walk he, in and Peyton's uh, the funniest person. He in never the world. he never said anything. That was critical of anyone other than Mike Vanderjack, which is one of which might be my favorite Peyton Manning moment of all time. I remember watching that live, that Pro Bowl when he came on the sideline and ripped into Vanderjack. I was like, this is crap. That, is that, that was actually the day I became a Peyton Manning fan. I think it was like oh one or oh two. I was like, this is just unbelievable. Um, but my point is, I don't, I don't. There's just because somebody knows the sport as well as those guys do, they Drew might be great at it. Peyton might be great at it, but. Just because Romo's great at it doesn't mean every quarterback anything. that that retires that has a good no. career should be announced. No, I mean Collinsworth is is good at it, even though people rip on him. But he's he's good at it. Like you can step into that role, and everyone like e- even an analyst role. Like I remember Jerome Bettis because he great player, yeah. great personality. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, he's going to be really good to, talking about football. I forgot and, he was, and an it analyst. was like, dude, your boy Emmett Smith. Warren Sapp, in and out. Smith was bad. Now, 
Sap was a little different because he, he was just hot takes. He, he just was. He wasn't bad. He was just well. He was a hot head. Like yeah, everyone hated him, and so yeah, eventually right. he got in enough trouble. Where everyone's like, "We can't work with him." Gave him put and you on he TV. got arrested with something. And so they're like, "Like he did a season of Inside the NFL," and I was like, "This guy's really good." And then the last episode, he wasn't there because he <laughs> got involved in some shady stuff at a Miami. Sap, it was a different story. But like my point about like Emmett Smith or Jerome Bettis, it was like, and granted, they weren't doing um, commentary in the booth; they were in a studio. But everyone's like. They're going to be stars. They're going to be great at this. And they were not no. good at it. Like, just because you got the name doesn't mean anything. It like, helps I wouldn't, you. I wouldn't <laughs> have guessed that Michael Strahan would be a host of Good Morning America. Nobody no. would have called that. But he's great. But he's great. You know, I mean, like you said. He, but- and he works, he works so hard. And when he played, he would go do guest stuff all the time. Yeah. He And he happened to be in New York, so he got to do a lot of that stuff. But he did, like, Tiki Barber thought he was just going to retire, slide into this role, and be great at it. And now he's, he's like, a co-host of a, of a really syndicated radio show on CBS. But, like, on TV, he, like, it's hard because, on one hand, Tiki's like, I'm going to have to go in and rip everyone right away so they take me serious. He, like, did the opposite of what Bettis did, which is, like, I'm not going to say anything bad about anyone. You just... If you go in there and you objectively break it down, no matter what team you played for or anything else, and you do it in a way that the common fan can understand, and you have more personality than, you know, a Keurig, you're going to do good at it. You do. You go outside of it. It's going to be. Yeah, it's like, you know, Jason Witten was very boring. Oof. You know what I'm saying? like, And he just misspoke a lot. It's like, it, it, you got to. you. It's a culmination of you got to be good, and then the, the surrounding cast around you has to yeah. gel too. Like you say, that that cast of Joe Buck, Booga, and, not and, Buck, Tessator, Tessator, and um, Booga and Jason Wooden. I'm just like, you put oil, gasoline, and 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 and, and smoothie mix together right, right, right. now, and coffee for <laughs> Tessator. Yeah, so it's like you know what? Didn't he, didn't he get mad at you because you like? Because I didn't have an espresso in the New Orleans Superdome. Share that story. Yeah, so Joe Tessator, um, I'm interning um, with ESPN at a Thursday night football game. I want to say, and oh, no, was it? It was the Monday game when Drew the broke the game. record. Yeah, it was the Monday Washington game when Drew. Yes, a couple yes. Years ago. Uh, it was so many games I'd be over there. So um, I'm working in the boot. And it's Jason Witten's birthday. Uh, his kids are there, you know. So I'm just talking, talking. You to being everybody. a Cowboys fan, you were. I'm sure there was party. That's like it's nice to meet you. Yeah. Well, n- yes, in the inside, but I wasn't showing it. I, I didn't let them know that I was a Cowboys fan yet. It's the it's before the You're game in the started. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the Superdome. It's a Saints game. He's calling the game. It's his birthday. I didn't want to be that guy. So. You know, I'm in the booth, going through everything, getting their getting their stuff together. And uh, Joe Tessator is like, um, I need an espresso stat. <laughs> like, like, okay. So, you know, I run down to the first floor of Superdome, ground level. Stat. Stat. And I'm I'm looking for espresso. I already know Where's... in my head. They do not it's new it's one, it's the Superdome, one, it's New Orleans, three is it's like like bruh. Like it's six o'clock. It's like it's five thirty. Where am I going to get an espresso stat immediately? He he used the word stat. Stat. What a d bag. <laughs> Sorry, bro, but and you know the stat the ramps in the Superdome. Mm-hmm. So I'm like elevator's too slow. I'm gonna run down a ramp. 
So I'm running full speed down a ramp, which I did enjoy. I always did that when I was younger in Saints games. Uh, but I'm running down a ramp. Boom, make it to the first floor. There's no espresso. Run to the production truck. Go to the production manager. Like, he wants espresso. He's pissed. What to do? Like, there's no freaking espresso. Like, what the, What you want us to tell him? There's no espresso. Get him a cup of coffee. Get the cup of coffee. Bring it upstairs. I give it to the other intern. Other intern gives it to him. Uh, he looks at it and is like, I asked for espresso. I'm like, they ain't got no espresso. Like, this is the best thing. So... I take the cup from the intern. I sit it down on the table. He flips out. He's like, don't you ever put it on the table. But before he flips out, he calls me over. He's like, can you come here for a second? And he points at the coffee cup. I'm like, what do you like, freak you want? He's like, don't you ever put the coffee cup ever right here. You see these? These are my notes. The game doesn't happen if I don't have these. Don't you ever put a cup. I was like, bruh. I'm like, much? So the makeup Holy lady. Cow. Is sitting in the back and she's watching all this unfold. She's the makeup lady for ESPN. She says she does the SB. She does everything. She's watching all this unfold. So she's looking at hard because she's looking at me like he's about to flip. Because I'm like, I don't care who you are. I'm still a man. You still a man. You still got a, a way you're going to talk to me. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you got or what you didn't did in your life. You're going to talk to me a certain type of way. So I'm about to flip. I'm like literally like maybe five seconds from like put, pouring the coffee on the notes. So he's like, uh, she's pulled me to the side. She's like, yeah, I completely apologize for him. I don't know why he's acting like that. Um, but then I start networking. She, you know, starts inviting me, uh, putting my name in different rooms and inviting me. And that's how I work production for some of the sugar bowls and the... the because the, the, he he flipped out and you kept it together. I kept my cool. And as a result, you got more work. I got more work. You know what I'm saying? So I, really, you should be a fan of Tessa Tor. No. It was if he more, hadn't have been a jerk, maybe these other opportunities don't. Work. If Jason wasn't with him and I wanted to talk to Jason after the game so much, I would have just flipped it. The thing is, like, what a, what an what an idiot. Guys, he can he can still say, Oh, I was asked for Express, so they don't have any. All right. It's cool. Thank you for checking. Oh, hey, come see real quick. Look. Here's where the notes go, just if you could. Don't put it here. You know, worry. Don't want it to spill. At no point you're gonna be like, who is this guy? You're no. gonna be like, man, he was nice. I was I wish I could have got him as espresso. I tried, I didn't, but nice. You know, I'm I'm rooting for him now. I hope he does well in his career. But instead he just flips out like he's, you know, a kid that, you know, he yeah. took his his lollipop away. Like, uh, for example, uh Andre Rare, the former Heisman uh quarterback from Houston. So I'm working one game at he's calling a two lane game. And it's storming raining. And he gets all the way in the booth, get them all set up. He's like, man, I forgot my makeup bag. Cars parked. Oh, on yeah. The- yeah. You know the parking situation uptown or there. It's like, where am I going? Cars far. He's like, man, he's like, I can't, I, I, I need my makeup bag. I was like, I got you. I'm going to go get it. So he was like, you know, we on in 10 minutes. I'm like, I got you. You, you talk to an athlete right here. So boom, <laughs> sprint off, <laughs> pouring rain, get the makeup bag. You're talking to an athlete. Bring the makeup bag back. I'm soaking wet. He's like, man, you made it back in 10 minutes. Like, you know, so he goes to reach in his pocket, he pulls out $200, $200 bills. Goes to give me one. I was like, I don't want your money. I said, I want your phone number. There you go. You know what I'm saying? I want your phone number. I say, you know, I got my own show. I'm like, I want to, I want to interview you one day. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, that's easy. He's and then at the time he had a nephew that was playing for the Cajuns. Forget his name. 
So he's like, yeah, I do know the Cajuns. He's like, I got a nephew that plays for the Cajuns. He's like, I come on anytime. Relationship made. Like you said, it's just the personality of different people. Doesn't, doesn't hurt to just do the right thing and be nice. That's it. Doesn't hurt. Could have used that $200, though, but I was like, I don't, I don't get, need that phone number. I'd have taken the two and been gotten the number two. That that makeup, man. You need, Like, I was, I remember. Have you ever seen Skip Bayless in the morning without the makeup? Probably, was he probably leather face or something. Oh, oh, he looks his age. <laughs> That's what I can say. At least on TV, we know Skip's old. But he doesn't look that old. There is so like what 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 stage makeup can do. I remember, uh, uh, I guess it was last month. After it was either after the the college semifinal games or maybe the national championship, I was just watching on a smart TV. So it was the ESPN app, and they had these different screens up. And so they were about to do this post game with Herb Street and Fowler. So I don't think this was on regular ESPN, but they didn't know that the camera, that there was still a live stream, even though they hadn't started yet. So they're just sitting there, and Fowler and Herb Street are waiting, and then Herb Street pulls out like a little mirror, like a makeup mirror, and he's looking at himself. <laughs> then he pulls out chapstick, and he starts like fixing his lips up. I'm like, oh, man, the guy doesn't realize that they ain't we're all watching right now. I mean, he didn't say anything. Man. I mean, but he, what he was doing was normal, and yet for like a sports fan that doesn't know about makeup, so I'm like, look at this dude trying to look all good. Like, well, of course he's. Why wouldn't you want to try to look nice when you're on TV? Yeah, you got to just because them cameras are so HD. Like, man, it's like they they, well, they, they can, catch they can, they every can add blemish. Ten pounds too, man. See, and and I'm okay with them adding ten pounds. I'm okay with it. I could I could, I could deal with that one. Some, they're, they're, every now and then, I like I, there was a clip of me that came up on like a Facebook memory or something, um, like five years ago or six years ago. I was on like I was on KTC, and I was like, dang, man. Say the camera adds 10 pounds, I look like I ate about five cameras right there. <laughs> Sheesh. I probably, I mean, I probably weighed a few more LBs too, but I was like, I mean, I was. I looked at Mark, I was like, was I that big? She's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, I love you. You look a little better now, I'll say that much. Like, All right, jeez, man. Nah, because uh, I'm okay with it because, you know, you can wear black and, you know, you could, you could control. But, man, if that camera gets on you and you looking dingy, are you looking ashy? It amplifies the ash. You know what I'm saying? You're going to see all, you're going to be like, man, this man, Norm ain't put not a lick of lotion on his kneecaps. He ain't putting not a lick of lotion on them. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't put them. any on there, man. Dan Campbell might bite it. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, Norm, you might start a fire rub against that, that sofa a little too much. So I, I, uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay with the, the man. You know, they should have my idea to the listeners. I'm not going to give my idea to the listeners. Okay. Pelican's best game of the season last night. I loved it. I loved it. I didn't black out. I've been blacking out lately. Scott, I'm sorry. I might got to go to an AA meeting. Because every time they give up an uncontested three, I take a shot of, of, of Crown Royal, and it's just my nights have just been fuzzy. I tweeted that two weeks ago. It's like, take a shot every time they give up an open three, and you'll be bl- you'll black out by the end of the first quarter. Yeah. Your boy Trajan liked that one. He thought that was funny. No, yeah, man. But the, your problem was you actually started I, to yes, do it. Yes. I was just joking, Norm. I wasn't saying to actually play that drinking game. And, and you know, at first it started out as a game. And it's not a game no more. I, I, obviously, I've been playing with professionals. Um, because I've been defeated uh, more times than I've won. Best performance of the season because defensively 
it was their best performance of the season. Steven Adams, he 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 was healthy. I mean, obviously against the Kings. They didn't play Jackson Hayes. That's that's a bonus. I'm missing my air horns. Scott, I told you in the beginning of the season to get off the bandwagon with me. Um, so best defensive performance of the season. What was that? That's uh, take on me, but the air horn version. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You haven't heard that? I like to I like to let that one out every now and then. <laughs> like a fart. Zion was awesome. Best defensive game of the season by him. Bi was good on defense. The reason see you think the win over the Bucks was the best. The win over the Bucks was fun, but it wasn't a sustainable or viable. Like, they hit 21 threes. Yeah. I mean, Lonzo Ball and Eric Bledsoe hit all these threes. They gave up a ton of points. It was it, like they, they hit 20. They had to hold on in the final minute to win. That is a fun win, but it's not a realistic way to improve. You didn't look at that game and say, this is a sign of things to come. You looked at it and said, well, they just got really hot, and luckily they beat this really good team. They beat Phoenix, who was on the end of a road trip. I get it. But the way they beat them last night is why I'm like, okay, that's – that is something tangible that you can build on. You can't build on hitting 21 threes in a game. No, no. But you can build on what happened last night, and um, and I thought it was great. I loved it. I mean, the second half started, and I'm like, all right, how are they going to tick me off tonight? And I was just like, oh, man. I, it's not going to be that bad. They're, they're up 20. We're in the foot. This, this is good. Zion just jumped. He hadn't landed yet from that Ooh. alley-oop dunk. He started. He jumped what? last night. He hadn't landed yet. That was That had the highlights. That had the win. And yes, I always miss Chris Paul when I see him play, but I wasn't even I wasn't even feeling nostalgic last night when he was playing. That's how good they played last night. You know, you know what you know what gave me some nostalgia when that alley oop that we that you just spoke of happened, and he's under the goal looking lost. Oh, yeah. It 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 reminded me of Chris Paul being in the situation of throwing the alley oop to Blake Griffin and another point guard being there, man. Or, like, or Tyson Chandler, if we want to talk New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? I'm just sitting there like, Chris Paul, isn't this crazy? This, you was doing this to people like five years ago, ten years ago. I'm like, now look at you now. <laughs> look how uh, the circle has come full circle. 269-1077 is the phone number to call. 269-1077. Let's take a quick phone call. Welcome into the show. Good morning. Yeah. Y'all was making, I was checking out that game, too, thinking about Chris Paul. I was making me going back think about that trade that could have happened with the Chris Paul uh, Lakers when, when they stopped the trade to the Lakers. That got me thinking. Kobe, he probably—I mean, I know he passed away and died, but he probably could have still been playing to this day. You know, they probably couldn't have, probably couldn't have ran him ran him into the dirt. All the draft picks, they probably wouldn't have got all those. Uh, all those other draft picks they had, their record wouldn't have been as bad. So no telling what. Maybe, but then maybe they don't Where get Pau Gasol and don't get LeBron they, for sure. They, like it's yeah, the, the what the what if question from Chris Paul is always one of the biggest things in terms of how it would have changed all of the franchises. Hell. Maybe Donald Sterling somehow is still the owner of the Clippers. That's as gross as that sounds. Well, like Steph Curry might not be a warrior. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the, dom- the, the domino effect. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I said, the domino effect. Is- Eric Gordon doesn't become a player that 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 you know no one in New Orleans likes. Um, he still, I mean, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it just it, you it, everything. I mean, Lamar Odom says he would have just retired um, had the trade gone through. Yeah, he like, did say that. there's just so many things that. Could have, maybe would have happened. The Hornets probably would have been like a seven seed that year with 
uh, Kevin Martin and um, and, 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 and just uh, 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 Spanish guy. Uh, yeah. No, but but he would have been in Houston. Scola, Scola, oh, no, Luis Scola. Yeah, they I mean, they would have been feisty, but they wouldn't have been anything sustainable. But then you don't get AD in the lottery, so then where does AD end up? He's not probably maybe he's not in LA right he's now. Eventually, you don't get you know it doesn't play out to where Zion's where he, everything everything would have changed. Aaron everything. Brooks returns back to the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> All kind of domino effects. And uh, when Magic was in charge, when he was running the Lakers for about that a year or something, when he picked Lonzo Ball, <laughs> if he wouldn't have picked Ball, I think that would have changed it. Because I mean, Ingram doing good, Julius Randle doing good. I mean, I think if he would, who was the third pick after Ball? Is Makai Fultz? That guy that went to Philadelphia. Uh. Is the point guard? Are you talking about are you talking about faults? Yeah, or somebody else. I'm just saying, if he wouldn't have picked ball, I'm just saying maybe they would have kept their picks. They probably wouldn't have got Davis. LeBron maybe would have still went to the Lakers. I mean, just a whole bunch of bunch faults of was the next year because I mean, faults was number one overall. Okay, I don't remember who was, number was, three was. I don't know. I have to look ball. it up. I know Tatum? that Fo- I know that Fox came after ball, and that was. Yeah. Was, uh Jalen Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. No, 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 yeah. no, no. Brown was the year Ingram was drafted. Uh, that was twenty sixteen. Twenty eighteen was ball. Let me double check. Let me double check here. Because I mean those picks are doing I mean, Ingram doing good, Hart doing where where he is. I mean this is, like you said, a whole bunch of what is. Appreciate the call. Um 2017 NBA draft overall that year. I'm going to have to look that up. Faults went one. Ball went two. Yeah, Tatum was three. Okay. Faults went one. Okay. Ball went two. Tatum was three. Josh Jackson, four. Fox, five. I know Faults was in that draft. Jonathan Isaac, six. Lori Markkanen. Who? Seven. Frank. Um, That's the guy that played for the Bulls? Uh, yeah. Okay, I like him. They're talking about putting, sending him to the Pelicans. From uh, from from Finland. He, he plays forward. Donovan Mitchell went 13th in that draft. Bam Adebayo went uh, 14th in that draft. <sighs> Josh Hart went 30th, by the way. Last pick of the first round. First pick of the second round, Frank Jackson by the Pelicans, who currently, Got Frank Jackson, is not in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Frankie. Freaky Frankie. He's a good kid. Man. He was a good kid. I hope, I hope he gets back in the league. All right, we'll take a quick time We need a G League team. Jackson A's could use it. And I mean that not in a troll way like you no, would. No, I no, mean, he, he needs he, it. He, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, he yeah. was pouting the entire time last night, too. Remember last year when he didn't get chosen for the rookie sophomore game and he went on Instagram and told the NBA that they could, I won't say the phrase, but let's just say it's very not suitable for work. Like, Jackson, like, man, there's a there's a reoccurring clip that keeps – Getting shared on social media where he's he's Cam he, he's uh the pick is coming he's at the top of the key and he doesn't follow his man he just he, he's 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 got a long way to go the athleticism is is through the roof but he, but basketball wise he has a long Scott, way to go you know I didn't I wasn't again I played center <laughs> like so so I'm gonna say I from from my expertise of playing center. <laughs> That's everything that he does will get you pulled growing up. Mm-hmm. I don't see how he made it to collegiate level and coaches just let it slide because it's like defensively, if, if the things that he did happened when he was younger 
and and he had coaches that that held themselves to 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 the defense. They would have been pulling him every time. As soon as that play would have happened, you would have had a guy coming in like Norm, 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 Norm. Come on, come on, Norm. What are you doing? What are you doing? Come, Norm, Norm. You good? No, I'm not. You good, Norm? Stay warm. Stay warm. And we don't know everything they're doing in practice and all that other stuff, but at, at but obviously it got to a point where he's you put in a guy who 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 got a late offer for the league minimum. And when her Herman, when go, we'll just call him Gomez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Wheelie goes in there, everyone's like, "Wow, look at this!" And I'm like, "It's it's fine. It's just not crippling the team." And yeah. so as a result, you feel like it's better when Adams and Zion aren't out there. That it's like not as bad as it as it was with Hayes. But uh, but yeah, I think I think year one, you saw some stuff out of Hayes where you're like, they could be onto something here. And then you saw some stuff out of Naw, and you're like. Uh, was it just a tease? And now year two, you see one has really come a long way, and the other is, is looks like he's regressing. I show Bob, JaVel McGee Jr. That's why I've been called him, and I don't know what you know. But I'm sorry, JaVel, you play way better defense than Jackson Hayes. I'm sorry, you play way better. No, well, JaVel McGee is a good defender. Yeah, I'm sorry, JaVel. Jackson Hayes does not play. I'm sorry for even calling him JaVel McGee Jr. I'm sorry. I'm not giving up on him, but. If he's going to get better, it, it needs to be in practice or in the G League. And this this is what I said on Twitter. I'm not giving up on him as a person, but as a Pelican, I'm off the bandwagon. It's going. Yeah. When it takes that much time, can you afford it? You got to see it. You got to see a jump next year from him. Like you, like you, like it doesn't have to be a monumental jump. But what you've seen out of Naw this year but, from last year. But Scott, next year's they still got what fifty games left. I, next year is not. I need to see the. I need to see improvement. This season, not 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 if you, not if you want them to start to win left. some games. No, that's right. That's why you got to get off. Well, the no, they're bat playing. Leg. They're playing what seventy two games this year. Yeah, 50, 60, 70. So how many? How what's the Pelicans' record right now? Uh, I think twenty games have been played. Twenty one games have been played. Shh, we got a lot of basketball in front of us. Yeah, so that's why I say twenty. So yeah, 20. fifty games left. 50, 52, 52 games. games. <laughs> so with fifty two games left, Scott, and he ain't gonna be getting no burn. Hey, either you take your butt to that G League and you. Everybody in G League averaged 20 and 20. <laughs> so if you pull up the G League stats, everybody is killing in the G League. Go to the G League. Go play some defense because it's all offense out there. Go show me what you could do. Or he'll just he'll have all kind of crazy dunks and then people will get excited. It's like you got to. Then we can send him to the Pistons. Got to play D. Send him to the Cavs. Cavs got too many centers anyway. Got to play D. Got to play D. Get a decent backup for Zion and Adams. Got to. Got We need. That's why I say it. the the. What's his name? The foreign guy from the Bulls. Like I don't know how to pronounce his name. The guy from Finland. Yes, him, Sir Finland. Uh, I think if he comes in, he's a forward. He can shoot. I think if he, if the Bulls and the Pelicans do make a trade, and he comes to the Pelicans, he's gonna be a big help coming in, relieving Zion, relieving Bi, relieving Stephen Adams, just because Lori Markkanen. Yes. Now he did play one year, I think, at Arizona. But he I, I like grew up his in game. Finland. I like his game. I wouldn't say he's like a. I don't think he's going to be a game changing. You know what he's averaging right now this season? He's doing good. Nineteen point six points a game, six point two rebounds, and an assist. And he's in the last year. I want to say of his contract. Oh, you got a, a, Uh Yeah, yeah. I mean, twenty seventeen was. Yeah, he'll be he'll be a restricted free agent next. Yeah. Year. So there. If the Bulls make a trade, I want Zach Levine. I think Zach Levine fixes this roster. I think Zach Levine turns this Pelicans team into the 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 fun 
television darlings, national darlings that they want. Because Zach Levine can score at all three levels. He can shoot. He can he can he can dunk the ball really well, and he can pace the offense. Um, but if we get Finland, Mr. Finland, I'm okay with that too. But I just don't. I see that the betting odds of Bradley Bill, the Pelicans are the highest for him to get traded. I don't think Bradley Bill fixes this team. You'll win some more games now. What does it do to your long-term build? Yeah, I don't – yeah, I'm not – I'm not. he's because all, all Bradley – it's not like, okay, he's been a losing in with the Wizards. He's not going to come to the Pelicans think, and believe I think, in – I think they would be good, and I think he would help, but – He's not going to buy in. He's not going to – like, with Zion and B.I. right now, at least we know we got them for a couple seasons. They, they're in. They're in. Bill wouldn't be Bill's, in. Bill's got two more years after this year. That's, ESPN 1420.com. Hello. Yeah. Scott, um, hey man, when you get a chance now, if you're not familiar with it already, um, Dwight Smith, remember that name? Super Bowl MVP. Did you uh, hear his interview? No. Uh, Scott, please, man, when you get a chance, this dude, hey man, this dude's been saying stuff that Carlos been saying for years, and this is a NFL player, so I would love to, I would love for you to listen to this. And I would love to hear you try to spin this from from a, a former player. What he insinuate like, he insinuates uh, referee bias among other things. Man, this dude basically saying that the game is predetermined, man. That you know he was talking about how the Raiders how the Raiders didn't run that the offense uh, the John Gruden offense the whole year, but all of a sudden they ran it in the Super Bowl. Um, hey, man, like I said, I don't want to hey, get into details. Please just look for Dwight Smith interview. It's going to come up. Uh, a caller uh, just gave me, uh, just uh, sent me the information, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> like just, just please, just take a time and listen, Norm. If you get a chance, take a time and listen, uh, Dwight. Oh, yeah. I will. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Predetermined, he says. Who, 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 who was saying that yesterday? Somebody was, was, telling, was joking. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was, okay. I was trying to say yeah. like there was somebody else that literally just. Let's let's end the show on on an, on a on something that we can all agree on. Norman and I don't agree on anything, but we agree on this: something that is uh, as noble a cause as anything, and that is the St. Jude Radiothon. The innocence of a child is something that is as pure and and. I don't know, is anything. I mean, we you just the innocence of a child, why we want to protect them. For them to have to go through something as cruel and callous as cancer is always going to be hard to fathom and hard to understand for the families that have to go through it. You know, we're big support, and I think everyone is. And why not? You are fighting a fight that the entire world can agree on, and that is trying to fight cancer and help these children survive and help families that don't have the money to do anything to help. I mean, to, to have a child with cancer, and then if you were in a situation when you're like, I can't afford any of this, to be in that spot as a parent that's just trying to help your kid live, St. Jude gives you that opportunity. They cover it all. But they do it because of sponsorship. They do it because of generosity. They do it because of all of us and anyone who donates to St. Jude. Radiothon's happening today and tomorrow. And uh, if you want a We Won't Stop St. Jude t-shirt, I got one. Um, you can become a partner in Hope and get one. And, and, but more than that, when you become a partner in Hope, you're fighting the good fight. 
Text the word LIVE, L-I-V-E, to the number 626262. You can donate that way, or... You can um, you can call 1-800-372-4999. That's 1-800-372-4999. A uh, lot of great stuff to get behind and a cause I think we can all agree on. The, uh, the angel of the hour this hour for St. Jude is the sponsor is Don Specialty Meats, home of the best homemade cracklings in Boudin with two locations in Scott and Karen Crow. To all the St. Jude sponsors, 2021 for the Radiothon, uh, KDN Automotive Group, Home Furniture Plus Bedding, Sugar and Spice Children's Academy, Eagle Pest Control. Appreciate what you guys do and getting behind this. You'll hear Norm later today at 3. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow morning. Gus Cattengale, uh, Scott Shanley scheduled to join me as well, former Super Bowl champ. We'll talk about a number of things. It's all coming your way next right here on ESPN1420.com.